Hello and welcome to Alternative Christian Voices. As I record this, it is 7 a.m. in the morning. Nobody say I'm not committed. And I'm recording Stefan Javel live from France. Good morning, Stefan. <laughs> Good morning. What a surprise to be alive from France instead from UK. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, when I when I um when I agreed to morning, that Stefan said, "Can you can you can you record uh, tomorrow morning?" I said, "Yeah, of course." And I wasn't really thinking about the time difference. Yeah. <laughs> so There's I. Slight gap uh, with the time zone. It's just one hour. That's fine. Well, it's a big hour to me, man. I mean, it's seven a.m. Well, fortunately, I'm not in Los Angeles. I only I only work on Sundays. I'm not used to getting up. <laughs> so, Stefan, uh, am I right in saying you're you're curate of? I can't remember the name of your group of churches. It's named Salisbury Plain Benefice. Salisbury Plain Benefice. It's a, it's a benefit of four villages. Uh, to to give you an idea, it's when, in Wiltshire is five minutes from Stonehenge, twenty minutes from Salisbury. I hope it's enough to uh, to geolocalize. <laughs> and Stonehenge actually comes under your your patch, doesn't it? Um, in my deanery, it's just on the border of my patch, but it's in my deanery. Right. But I'm, I'm really next to it. Okay, so you're. You're a French citizen. You're actually in France at the moment, but that's just a coincidence. Yes. You're a French citizen. You were born in France. Is that right? Yeah, I was born in uh, Antibes, which is um, a small harbour uh, in between Cannes and Nice on the French Riviera. Very fancy area. <laughs> for, for a very yeah. fancy man, I don't yes. doubt. And you nice. spent most of your life. You spent most of your life living in France. Why don't you tell us in, in about five minutes where do you come from? How did you come to live in England? Yes, well, um, so I was born there in Antibes and I lived my, my youth there, but I worked and lived um, almost 25 years in Marseille, which is the second largest city in, in, in France, is the uh, same on the, on the, on the, in the south. And there um, I, I was a civil servant for, for the city council and I was the event manager of the city. So very, uh, uh, very nice job. But... I had to leave, and uh, yeah, it's, it's it's bizarre. People are always asking me why do you, why did you leave and why why UK? Because actually, uh, I was already uh, an Anglican uh, worshiper. Let's say that church church goer. Uh, and, it, and is that unusual in France? Um, well, mostly people, more than eighty eighty percent of people are Roman Catholics. But there's a strong uh, Anglican presence. The, we have, just in France, in the Archdeaconry of France and Monaco, we have 85 chaplaincies. So, gives you an idea. It's mostly because of the expats. But, anyway, there's a chaplaincy in Marseille, and I was a churchgoer there. And I was also a lay minister for 12 years there. So, uh, and one, one day, due to my... Um, spiritual director I went I wanted to go further and to go for ordination to become a priest and there is no uh, theological college on the continent you've got to go in UK so and if you if you want to train to be ordained yes as a European Anglican you have to train in England exactly and uh, I chose um, to uh, to train in uh, Ripon College Cutston where I had the grace to meet you, my friend. Well, and I assume that's why you chose it. I, I assume it was me. Yes, yeah. <laughs> because of you, I was um, 
immediately under the spell. That's why. <laughs> of course, I gave Stefan, um, when he visited the college, I was there before him. Um, it was a year before you, wasn't I? So uh, yep. when, when he visited, I, I gave him a tour. And I only found out a year or so later that um, for the first six months we knew each other, he didn't understand a, a single word I said. Not a single word. You, you were very convincing. I thought you were talking Norwegian to me, but and my <laughs> Scandinavian knowledge is, is very basic. So anyway, I smiled. You were very friendly. And you had a marvellous dog. So I do, I do have a marvellous dog. Yeah. I'm hoping she doesn't interject. In the, she's in the next room asleep. Yeah, so and um, I've got to stay... Well, and you, the curacy has to be done as well in uh, in UK, which means the the three year practical years as uh, as a minister, and then you can and then you can be signed off and go wherever you want. But presumably, and it's what I'm hoping, I will stay in the diocese of Salisbury and do my career into brackets uh, for the next twenty years in UK. Hopefully. Hopefully. So you hope to stay in the UK. And, and it's probably reasonable to think, considering what you do, there's probably not a huge, there's probably a lot more work in England than there is in. Yes. Than there is in France. Yes. Uh, about the anxieties about what's going to, to be next. Uh, first of all, when I, when I asked for my pre-settlement status uh, to the British government, it was very quick to get it because... I'm a minister of the, of the of the religion, so you you got it immediately. But also, uh, when I asked to the human resources of my diocese, they said, "Well, because we are in the shortage of ministers, um, this is the reason why we have no problem to keep you in UK." So I'm in a quite privileged situation, right? As a future foreigner, for the moment, I'm just I, I'm entitled to be in UK as a as a European citizen, but that, yeah. what's next? So, on, on that topic, what's it like then, living in England as a French citizen right now with this, uh, with Brexit sort of hanging, hanging over us, what's it like living in England as a French citizen? Um, it is, it's quite re remarkable to, to, to see how people have been um, welcoming me uh, well, I mean, in my patch, they, I, I never filled uh, an alien, maybe because I also have some British roots, which makes it easier for me. And because I'm a minister of the Church of England, the established church, so it makes it easy. So, but mm, sometimes it's difficult to integrate, especially when I, when I go outside my patch and I'm like, when I go downtown at my gym. And uh, there are some people who are welcoming and others who are more reserved. But on the other world, uh, overall, that's, that's quite fine. And um, for the moment, I, I'm still able to find proper food and, and, and cook. So uh, that's good. I can survive being in UK. Proper food? What do you mean proper food? <laughs> I cook a lot. So... Um, I like to, to, to have good products and um, and kind of a great variety of different products, which I can find for the moment. So that's uh, that's definitely not an issue. I'm not into processed food. No, no. I, do, I, I, I resent the implication that um, 
that that French food is better than English food. But I I, I will admit that um, because essentially our, all English food is made up of the best bits from countries we've conquered at some point. Um, yeah, a lot of our ingredients are foreign. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> have a good uh, English, have a nice English curry or something like that. <laughs> No, there are very nice, nice things that I, I enjoy in uh, in the um, English or British uh, food. But well, you're, you're right. Even things that you think are British are not exactly British. Haggis is actually originally from France, and my Scottish friends doesn't like it. But haggis is a French word. Did not realise it. <laughs> so you you heard it here. The French are trying to steal haggis. Yeah, the French are trying to steal haggis from us. Scotland would be furious. Oh, they are furious. <laughs> you know, they're always, fur- they're always furious. So, so I, well, I, I took you away from the point. What's it like being in England right now? Um, right now, it's it's um, as we got, I do enjoy living in England, and uh, it was one of my dream to to spend at least one year in England, and then apparently I'm sentenced for more than that. Um, I enjoy my life, uh, and uh, what can I say about living in England? It's, it's very difficult because it's uh, it's definitely uh, more a feeling than something that is uh, uh, reasoned. Um, I've got good friends around. Sometimes I, I felt a bit lonely at the beginning because, especially in the south, people are, shy, are more shy, so it's difficult to get friends. Most of my friends are actually from the uh, from the college. Uh, in terms of practicalities as being uh, a French citizen, for the moment, that makes no difference because of the European citizenship. I, I, I just registered. I had my national number. I'm at the NHS. I pay my tax um, like anybody else. So it's, um, it's very straightforward for the moment. The only difficulty is not very difficult things but the only thing i had to do is to apply for my pre-settlement status that was it what's what's pre-settlement status it's if you are less than five years in uk you need a kind of pre-settlement status to be allowed five more years right and then you can apply either for your uh, settlement status or the british citizenship for instance which was something I was already intending to do because of my British roots and I wanted them to be acknowledged. So, uh, so when you say British roots, what, what do you mean? Uh, my grandmother was, um, was Anglican. She was born in Greenwich, but the, f- the family was originally uh, from Northumberland, um, Hexham. So I've got British blood in my veins. Right. So, um, that's important for me. I, so, I, I, I think I probably have British blood. I have no real way of knowing. So well, you're... Come on. There, there was funny because one, one day we were chatting with uh, friends at the college and we were just realising that uh, we were, I think we were four. I was the French one, but I was more English than the others because the others were British, but from either Scotland, Ireland, or former colony. Mm. So it was, um, it was funny. 
Well, the Connolly thing is quite interesting. I, I, I didn't realise this. There's a man that I, that I visit quite regularly. He's uh, 88 years old. He's blind, so he can't get out too much. Who, um, he was born in Jamaica, but he was born a British citizen because, because he was born in Jamaica when Jamaica was still a British colony. Mm-hmm. So he was actually born with, with. So I was asking him about about the immigration process. Well, he said he, he's got every right to be here. He's a British citizen. Yeah. No, I did. But that's the basis of the Windrush scandal, isn't it? Um, trying to uh, deport British citizens. There's, I think. Well, I'm not very well aware of it, but I think there's an overlap between the period when it was British and when it was going for independence. So uh, this is the the gap that is coming. But yes, well, let's see. As the question, uh, the British economy needs to have people from from abroad, but people don't. There are some people who are not very happy with that. But on the other on the other side, you need these people. So what do you do? Uh, <laughs> I have no idea. I'm not sure. Oh, clearly, we don't know either. Um, <laughs> so do you feel that you 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 came to live here? totally legally you had every right to be here you didn't necessarily choose you didn't necessarily think you know i want to go live in england but rather you moved for for work um you came here perfectly legally and now your status could change um how how does that feel how does it feel knowing that not knowing what you know with this hanging over you not knowing what's going to happen it brings some anxiety first of all because i love this country and it's like somebody you love, and suddenly this person is saying, hmm, I don't know, I, I don't think, I'm, I'm really sure about this. And talking about love, that could have some terrible implications for me, because uh, I've got a partner, and he's got two sons, my stepsons. He shares the custody with his uh, ex-wife, which means he cannot settle with me. So we can't live as a family together at the moment, but I need to go there often and he needs to fly to UK often. If we have any difficulties in this commuting, then then it would be very damageable for, for our family. So, so at uh, the moment, that's very as, as easy as a long distance relationship can be. Yeah, for the moment, that's fine. We We... We see each other at least once a month, very often more, uh, and it's and it's quite quick. We just take a flight or a ferry, and that's it. We still have some very cheap flights, so that we book far in advance. But if there's an issue with um, with the flights, with the cost of the flights, or then that will be problematic. And uh, I might have to. Um, once I'm signed off, uh, I might have to, to go back to the diocese in Europe. Um, which, which you don't want not, to do. Uh, no, not not immediately. I, 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 my vocation to what I feel is to become a, a rural vicar in uh, in um, in England. Specifically rural, because we have a real, uh, I don't necessarily think expect that people would realise this, we have a, a real shortage of clergy willing to work in the countryside so we have mm, that's it, true it, uh, we have enough clergy in, in in cities but but in terms of people willing to work in very rural areas uh, we really do need the staff that's it, that's it. and and i and i want to to do to, to go rural and uh 
well, especially my, my Dices, Dices of Salisbury is 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 very rural, so it's uh, it makes sense. But the, the people who are working for the Dices are always very pleased when they hear from me that I want to stay rural. <laughs> so I'm quite interested that uh, so the the way you've spoken, all your sort of answers have been quite personal, actually. So 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 like. Um, I was very interested. You were saying that it's 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 like someone you love has um, said they don't want you anymore, um, and you speak quite quite affectionately about about England. Definitely, I, I'm I'm really attached to to England, to England, to UK. It's um, that that's something yes, very important, personal. And um, I think what people didn't realise with the B world word. Is um, <laughs> the B word? The B word <laughs> is that um, ideology. It, it's it's uh, it's um, a big car crash between ideology, practicality, and and feelings. Um, there are so many implications for everybody. It's you. You don't live on your on your own anymore. We we have um, very close relationship in between the different uh, um, how do you say that populations between UK and the continent, and it has some implications on the families. Um, and I think yes, I, I can see it's like a like a love affair. Um, I think on the British perspective, withdrawing from the EU, it's a bit like. You said, oh, uh, I've enjoyed playing cards with you until now, but now I would like to change the, the, the game. And in British eyes, that's fine. It's just changing the rules and that full stop. But on the, on the side of people like me, um, coming from um, a Latin culture, it's more like a divorce. And we act more like, oh, you don't love me anymore. Now I'm going to hate you, and I'm going to to make the the hell of it. You know, you, you see the difference that it can it can be. It's yeah, much, you know, and, and I can see how how it would how it would get an emotional reaction. I, I must admit, yeah. I, I I do know Olivia, but I, I hadn't even thought of because I, I I think I mean I don't know, but it seemed unlikely to me. We we have um, uh, citizens of other countries that, that aren't in the EU living in England working legally. I hope that, that you're able to stay in the country if we do leave the European Union. But I hadn't even thought of stuff like yeah, family and partners, how it would personally affect your relationships. Um, yeah, because of travel, I hadn't even thought of that. But I don't suppose that people do when they're talking about because it's, it's very much for, for me, because I'm not. Because I'm not sort of personally. Well, I am, of course, I'm personally affected, but because I'm not affected in the way that you are. Yes. Um, it, it's very much an ideological issue for me. Exactly. It's it's you. You've got to uh, realize the uh, the consequences of your ideological decisions. It's um, you, things can't be just theoretical. You, they are. There are some implications to 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 people. So, so human beings are being affected by, yeah, 
by this, and and I suppose by the anxiety of the the indecision of it, because and you know this kind of um, difference, you know, because we we uh, we meet it every day in, in terms of of, uh, of faith. In um, this is the articulation between uh, theology uh, when we have it on the paper, and then uh, pastoral care. You know how do, how do you articulate your Yes, your ideology, your theology with the ground. Yeah, of course. And, and you don't necessarily, you may think one thing and you may think one thing when you're sat in your office and, and you find yourself thinking something very different when you're in front of a sort of crying widow. Um, yeah, exactly. I know what you mean. Exactly. I, I must admit, if you'd asked me, if you'd asked me in my last year of training, um, or if you told me some of the decisions I've made as an ordained person, I'd have been furious. You know, I, I, but, but, but when I think what, it's easy to have a thought in theory, but when you're sat in front of someone whose life is affected, it just doesn't always work out in the way that it does in theory. Exactly. It's like the, the, the thing people, the example people always use is funerals. When, when, when someone says that at their funeral is, 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 is daddy in heaven. Like, there might be a, a, a theological answer, but like hell am I going to give it? Like, like I'm not, I'm not going to stand there and say no, am I? I'd have to no. be a horrible, horrible person to do that. Um, so I tend to think, in situations like that, I tend to think, well, right now, the thing that matters is the person. And, and later on, we'll address the, you know, the theory. Yes, because it was the way Christ was acting with people. He wasn't crushing people with theories. He was thinking more, what is the spirit of the law before the, the, um, the actual letters of the law? He always do to, to, to think about his, uh, his views on, on the Sabbath, for instance. What is more important to respect the, uh, the rest of the Sabbath or to cure people? And it's exactly in, in the same line of what you're saying when you've got the person in front of you as what are you going to say? Are you going to heal the, pe the person or just give the law? I'm quite cross because it is, it, uh, I just, of course, you can't see him. Stefan just got up and moved out of the sun because he was getting uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> no, because there was some noise outside <laughs> Jealous. So, uh, speaking of theories and how unimportant they are, let's talk about theories. A lot of Christians are anti-EU. It's, 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 it would be um, it would be false to suggest that that, that Christians have are, are any more decided on this matter than than anyone any other group in the country. So, a lot of Christians are anti-EU. Some may be on the more extreme end of conservative, but some people even think it's it's actively evil. Um, so as, as a Christian, why do you support the European Union? Yeah, uh, I will have to find out why, why they find that is evil. But uh, I think it's, it's, it's an interesting question because um, as a Christian, I really feel for the European Union. Um, one of the first things that, that, that we quote is one passage of the, of the Bible that has, has always... Uh, Made me in awe. It's you know it's this conversation between Christ and a Syrophoenician uh, woman, the crumbs under the table, 
when she's asking for the crumbs under the table. And this is the moment when we don't know if Jesus is discovering or pretending to discover. It depends on the commentators. But Jesus is acknowledging that the election is not restricted to Israel, which means that we suddenly have a very different view on how we relate nation to nation. We are not on our own. We are all children of God. So the aim is, is to be to get together. And uh, this, I, I can't remember exactly how you, you can talk exactly the, uh, the motto of the European Union, but it's, uh, it's something like uh, united in diversity, in diversity. And this is the something that really attracts me on the Christian perspective, is that we are together uh, beyond our, our differences, our diversity. And I think it's, that's, that's really nice. Also, in the view, the, the, the Christology that I have, um, Jesus is definitely an advocate of inclusivity and, and, and diversity. And uh, for instance, if you just look at his disciples, they are so diverse. You've got on one side Matthew, who is a tax collector, i.e. a collaborator to Romans. And on the other side, you've got uh, Judas or Thaddeus, the zealot, and Simon the zealot, i.e. Uh, someone who wants to kill the, the, the Romans. And you've got these people so different together. And this is the kind of thing that the European Union has achieved. We are former enemies together when you think of how long we have fought against each other between french and german between french and english but thanks to the european union it's been 70 years that we are at peace so uh this is the kind of thing that the european union has achieved that is uh, extraordinary so this is one of the the reason why as a believer, I'm strongly in favor of the European Union. There's also another aspect, still talking about the theories, is um, the side of the human rights, the consumer's rights, and the, uh, the social rights. I think that the European Union is protecting us from the big companies who want to do what they want with, uh, with the um, with the employer, the employees, because you know people were always complaining about regulation about the European Union. I love the regulation because re regulation is protecting us. It's protecting us from having. Sorry, I don't like to swear, but having sheep food. Having sheep food? What sheep food? Like the, the, you know, all the stories about the coronation chicken and things like this. Yeah. And, so, and so, people... so things, things like um, uh, quality regulation, the, the European law, not British law. I think it's a way of protecting the poor, because if we, if they are not protected by this kind of regulation, they will be offered junk food. For a price they can offer, and there are always people to say, "Well, 
if you don't like a certain kind of food, you don't buy it. Yes, but if you, if you have no choice. So the regulation is the last wall to protect the weak, the poor, etc. from this kind of aggressive uh, form of capitalism. So I think in that way, uh, the European Union is actually doing the, w the will of God, which is protecting the poor. Right. That's really interesting. I mean, uh, so I suppose I, I try when I record these to keep my views. It's not about my views. It's about the, the guest. Um, um, but I suppose mine pro probably somewhat obvious. Um, so I suppose what you're saying is the, the, the regulations, things like things like animal rights, uh, a lot of things to do with uh, workers' rights and immigrants' rights, things to do with food, food control. These are all uh, European laws, not not British laws. So, uh, do, would, would you would you say that you don't um, necessarily trust our government, Mr. Johnson, to put those things into place? Absolutely not. Because <laughs> how um, can you not trust Boris Johnson? He's so trustworthy. <laughs> See that my views creeping out there. I am trying. <laughs> It's, it's always been my anxiety about UK is that it's it's one of the fundament, fundamental um, European country that is because of its uh, politicians, because of its um, newspapers, is trying to copycat the states. The United States are definitely not an example in terms of relationship to the workers, to the weak, to um, to the ill, and uh, it's it's this, this question. You, you know, my political views are not necessarily uh, left wing, that's for sure, but uh, are more centered. Uh, but definitely, even if I think that capitalism is is one of the best uh, way of dealing with things, I think that neoliberalism, sorry for my mispronunciation in the morning, is is a danger for for the population because uh, it's it's going towards deregulation which means less protection to the people who are not able to protect themselves uh, it's, it's a bit complicated to uh, to explain like this especially in the morning <laughs> <laughs> but it's certainly I, I i take your point that it's not a um i think very often and this is a big part of the problem i think i i, I think culturally we're not good at disagreeing um that's kind of why we do this podcast and I think it's a it's a quite a common assumption that, that if you're if you're right wing you or if you're more conservative uh, you want Brexit if you're more liberal you want to um, you want to stay in the EU and I, I, that's not necessarily true. I mean, um, nope. I, of course, I, I I broadly come under the category of socialist, but broadly I do. I'm just being civil. Um, certainly, I'm more left wing than you because we've had quite a lot of debates about it. But you're relatively central. I mean, okay. you, you wouldn't be described as a, a as a liberal. I don't think that would be accurate. But but yeah, you are very strongly pro EU. Yeah. And of course, there are there are conservatives, like even even more conservative than you, that are pro EU. Yeah, 
Pro EU. It's not necessarily a, 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 a well, certainly it's not a party political issue, is it? I don't think it's a party political issue. It's 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 beyond that. It's uh, it's like well, politicians are for the everyday government, and and we are talking about something that is constitutional, that is more embedded uh, on how society is uh, is organized. And it's very interesting because we you 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 mentioned agreeing. I think that whatever the outcome. Of, of the the B word. The You're gonna have to say it eventually. Oh, goodness me! <laughs> um, the Church of England has got, I think, uh, something to give to the society, because the Church of England has got a very strong and long tradition of comprehensiveness, being able to agree to disagree. And this is something that we need to bring back to this country. Because now people are so radicalized on either side. People are not able to understand what the other thing and why the other things like this. Uh, I'm, I'm strongly a Remainer, but I understand why some people wanted to, to withdraw, to leave. I understand what were their anxieties, their reasons. I just think they, they give the wrong answer, but I'm able to, to listen to them and not to judge them on that. I judge the politicians, I judge the newspapers because they were liars, but I don't judge the, the voters because they were generally them asking for a better life and they were promised a better life. Sure, and you may not have the same perception as to what that looks like. Mm. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Certainly, I, I think that um, I think that I can understand. Uh, certainly, based on the information, which which you know, a lot of which was proven false, but based on the information they were given, I can understand why someone would think that you're better off out of the EU. There are some very legitimate arguments um, that that I still think, on balance, we're better off with it, but. Yeah, I understand. And it's an interesting point you made about the, the church being, the Church of England in particular. I think we are very good at this. Um, mm -hmm. We have a just lot of variety. Your, just look at our friendship. Sure, I mean, it's, me and Stefan are very good friends. We're not similar in any religious way, really. We're, um, um, yeah, we don't, we, we certainly don't fit. He's a, he's a country pastor and I'm a <laughs> city priest. <laughs> I, I, I'm a priest in the priority area. And we, we, we belong to different spectrums of the, uh, of the um, tradition of worshipping, but we're still, uh, we're still together and, and, we enjoy, and we are even able to build up some, some um, um, offices together. So we yeah, we did quite a few together whilst we were training. Yeah. But I, I think that's a very, it's kind of why we're doing what we're trying to do with this podcast is that we're, we're saying, well, let's you know it's let, let's let's hear them out that's why i'm trying i'm not doing very well i'm trying not to interject my opinion um because let's just say here's the issue let's just hear them out um so so in in that um in that vein so this show is about openness this show is about respect it's about hearing views that may be different to your own 
So I want to challenge you to, to finish our show today. I want to challenge you, and I'm going to give you two options. I want you to either say one good thing about Brexit or say one nice thing about Boris Johnson. Um, it will be easier to say one good thing about Brexit. Uh, <laughs> no way, really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't even give you, give us no way. Uh, the good thing about this uh, this Brexit is that it's made start people think twice about their assumptions. Uh, it has renewed um, a feeling for belonging to a continent to uh, half of the British population. And he, contrary to what people were expecting, Brexit hasn't weakened the European Union. On the contrary, it has strengthened it. Um, in most of the countries who were asking, well, who were reflecting of making a referendum, like we did in UK, once the referendum was starting to, un to unpack, the populations on the continent were saying, mm, actually, no, we're not going in this mess. So, uh, it has shifted the, the, the feelings towards the right. uh, European Union. Because there was there was quite a lot of, um, you'd know much better than I would, but there was quite a lot of anti-EU anti sentiment in France. There was. Uh, the, the, the Frexit views. Frexit. The Frexit. No, is that, I presume you didn't make that up. I'm just very ignorant in English, so I've never heard it. Yeah, the Frexit um, <laughs> is, is, is going very low. Um, the Dutch has completely abandoned the idea. Same with the Danish. Um, and um, Hungary is starting to behave a bit more because they realize that if they go too wild, they could be suspended and they don't want to be in a mess that UK could be. So you yes. you would say that other other countries have have the European Union in general has benefited from seeing how horribly how horribly it's going for us. It's terrible to say, but yes, that's okay. If that's, if, if that's how it seems to you. Okay, if so I, we, we if I can say on. if I can say one thing positive about Boris Johnson is funny and intelligent. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. He's funny, but I, I'll give you intelligent. One of the things I find genuinely difficult about Jacob Rees-Mogg is that I do think he's funny. Um, and so I, I do. I can't help it. I, I, you know, I, I think he's a monster, but I think he's a funny monster. Um, he, he makes me laugh, and then I feel cross with myself for laughing at a... Um, um, it is not a monster. That's not fair. He's a human being. Um, but, but certainly I feel, I feel guilty. I, he makes me laugh when I'm watching Parliament or, um, or BBC... Um, BBC politics or whatever, and then I think, oh, you can't laugh at fascists. Imagine if you laughed at Hitler, it'd be terrible. Not that he's Hitler. Yeah. It doesn't matter, he's not listening. Yes. He won't. He won't. But it's <laughs> it's 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 bizarre how people can make of themselves without realizing caricatures. And and it's 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 frightening because uh his is sending a cliche to the rest of the society. And people are going to, to imagine that all people who are coming from the highest society from Eton or whatsoever look like Jacob Rees-Mogg. 
which is not exactly the case. Isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> no, um, there are lots of there are lots of good people who've come through that world, and and it's not fair or or accurate to just brand everybody from that world as a kind of right wing, yeah, uh, Italian aristocratic type. That's not that's not fair. Um, it is easy though, isn't it? It is very easy to fall into the, uh, the the cliches, and I'm against the cliches because it's it's jailing people in uh, in a box and and preventing them from exploring outside. Yeah, so cliches are bad. Quite agree. So so that you can go back to your your croissants and your morning wine. Uh, what would you what would you what I would you like? Tea. I'm a tea drinker. Yeah, he puts honey in it. It's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> I do so what many you, things that are much you, more disgusting. <laughs> Stefan, we're being recorded. You can't say stuff like that. Oops, we talked was... about this. What would you like to call the episode? Uh, I think the simplest way is just the Frenchman in wheelchair. Frenchman in wheelchair. That's like a good it. name. Yes. What did we have last week? Um, for, for the love of God. It's all about this. <laughs> So thank you for coming on. Really appreciate you talking to us. Appreciate you um, coming in, uh, recording live from France. Thank you so much for inviting me. That was fun. It's fun. Yeah, it was fun. It's always fun. Yeah. So please do, uh, please do uh, like the Facebook page. Join in the discussion. Maybe you can say if you're if you're pro Brexit, uh, comment on this post. One good thing about. One good thing about the EU, if you if you want to leave, say one good thing about Brexit. Uh, like the Facebook page, like us on Twitter. Uh, please do invite people to uh, like the page, share the post, because uh, we have no uh, we have no um, growth strategy as such. The only way this grows is if uh, listeners back us. Thank you for listening to Frenchman in Wiltshire. <laughs>